Welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast, where you have VIP access to discover the wins and wisdom that have helped successful business brains build businesses that boom. With your host, Faye Hollands from busybusinesswomen.biz. Hi, Faye Hollands here from busybusinesswomen.biz and welcome to the Busy Business Women podcast. And I'm just a little bit excited today because not only is this our first episode of 2018, so welcome to episode 11, but I also have the very fabulous Kate O'Milly from Oh My Word, who I frankly strong-armed into doing this uh, back at a Christmas party last year, and I'm really excited to have her on today's podcast. So let me do the formal introductions and then let's get chatting to Kate. So Kate runs a business called Oh My Word, which I love the name to start with, and she's a self-proclaimed word nerd. So Kate is a copywriter, an editor, and a professional typo spotter, and has worked for 15 years in the corporate communication space for some really big brands and ones that are very familiar to me from my financial services days. So she's worked for NAB, AMP Financial Services, Royal Bank of Scotland, Challenger Financial Services, and the Royal Victorian Eye and Ear Hospital. So some really big brands there, but she's made a way for herself in terms of being her own business owner, and I'm super excited to have her on the podcast today. So how did I come across Kate? Well, first of all, I found her on Instagram. Can't quite remember how. I think it was through a joint personal trainer, but started watching her on Instagram, and you've got to go and check her out. So she's Instagram, oh my word, which is O-H my word, A-U. And she is, as I said, a professional typo spotter. And uh, she finds some awesome typos, uh, you know, in many, many different forms of marketing, which are always uh, very amusing. So go and check those out on her Instagram. And then one day we were at a boot camp um, with our joint personal trainer, Alyssa. And just through conversation, while sweating and in you know pain, lifting weights, realised who each of us were and that we were following each other on Instagram. So I then you know watched her from the sidelines, and as I said, then bumped into her at or I've seen her many times before, but then saw her at a Christmas party late last year and said, "Look, Kate, I really love what you're doing. How about coming on my podcast?" And she very gratefully said yes. So. I'm excited to have Kate here. Now, she's written about many, many things during the course of her career, from superannuation to recycling pizza boxes. I don't think you can get anything more diverse than that. She's also been a ghostwriter for CEOs and AFL footballers. And these days, she puts her wordy skills to good use with a wide range of services for small and medium businesses, startups, and solopreneurs. So obviously, I get very excited about that space which is why I wanted to bring Kate on to today's podcast. Kate's mission is to help her clients communicate better, whether it be online, in print or in person, to get better results and to see their business flourish and grow. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome Kate onto the podcast today. Hi, Kate. How are you doing? Hey, I'm good. That's quite the introduction. Thank you. Well, and you know, you've done really well and it's very exciting. It's nice, isn't it? When you actually somebody introduces and you realise, have one of those moments of, well, I've done all of that. Good on me. So I hope that that's a good pat on the back because you've got, um, you know, an impressive CV and I don't just have any riffraff on this podcast and have you know. So thank you for being here. Oh, now, we've had some technical dramas today and Kate and I have been kind of flapping around in the background 
being challenged with all things technical and uh, it's really good to work with someone like Kate who is real and raw and realistic which is what the Busy Business Women brand is all about. So Kate, thank you for being here today and making me feel better about my technical challenges this morning. So I just wanted to tell our listeners why I wanted you on the podcast today because there's obviously a reason behind everything that I do and I'm very specific with the people that I want on this podcast. So to give you listeners a bit of an insight, Kate's been in business since 2004. Um, Her business was initially a side project and was part-time since 2014. And the reason I wanted her on here is because if she's really experienced the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur and and the the roller coaster that being your own boss can be, and we all know that it isn't all plain sailing, right? She survived to tell the tale, which is awesome. After almost a decade and a half in business, which is a massive achievement, part time, full time doesn't matter. To get to that point where you're nearly 15 years in business is phenomenal. And she's also had two children during that time, so she's lived and breathed the challenge that juggling many competing priorities brings. And as a a mum and a business juggler myself, that's no mean feat. She's also, as I said, a copywriter, and she's in a space that many small business owners, I believe, struggle with, because I've struggled with it too. And I see see my clients struggling with it all of the time. And a space where so many small business owners don't get right but also a space where many of them scrimp and save, which I believe really can cost their business dearly. So I wanted to talk to Kate today about not only her journey as a business owner, but also as a copywriter, because if you're in business, I guarantee that great copy can positively impact your level of success, particularly in a day and age where we hear all of the time content is king. But if you're not good at writing good copy, then you're, you know, you're, you're going to be hampering the results that you're getting. So without further ado, let's get cracking and get chatting to Kate. I love that you are a self-confessed professional word nerd, which you know is where my love for you has stemmed from. It's like a girl crush, a business crush, mm-hmm. copywriting crush, right? From Instagram, watching your typo spotting. And God only knows what you see when you read anything that I write. So we should probably have a conversation about that offline. Um, But, you know, you've got a really impressive corporate career under your belt before you decided to take the reins and be your own business owner. So I want you to take a step back for a moment. Why did you decide to go alone and become your own boss? Well, I think I I don't think I actually did it consciously to start with. Um, I didn't have a vision of, you know, back in 2004 was pre sort of the, the business phase, the boss babe, you know, all the yeah. sort, of, sort of buzzwords, um, which I don't necessarily resonate with, but we'll <laughs> talk about that later. Yeah, you and me uh, <laughs> But I think, yeah, I was working in a very, um, what I thought was a bit of a stuffy corporate world, um, talked a lot about finance and credit cards and super, and it got a little bit dry, to be honest. Um, and so when I started on my word, it sort of started as a side gig purely because people were asking me to do some work on other projects outside of um, my corporate gig. Um, Interesting stuff. So a friend of mine had started a a coffee review book, so going around um, reviewing coffee shops. Mm -hmm. So, oh, that sounds interesting. Um, And a couple of charities i become aware of needed some help organising their comms. So we're sort of bringing that professional skill set to um, another, you know, another role. 
which I personally valued um, rather than just sort of that corporate um, corporate field. Um, and, yeah, just things that I really enjoyed rather than, you know, the, the day-to-day grind. Um, so anyway, so all these projects sort of started to add up and then my brother said to me, well, why don't you just set yourself up as a sole trader and then, you know, you've got yourself organised if it does become a bit bigger and, um, and it's sort of progressed from there. So, yeah, so back when it started, it certainly wasn't this vision that I was going to quit the day job and do this full time. I didn't. I don't think I really had had the vision. Um, but after I had my first son, which was um, you know four, nearly four years ago, I up until that point was still working in a corporate space, doing a bit of freelancing on the side, um, living in Melbourne at the time, and it was becoming more and more apparent that you know we didn't have any family in Melbourne. There was you know many many families facing the the childcare, lack of childcare issue. So it just made sense or, and, you know, made a conscious choice to go, okay, if this is the time I'm going to give the business a real crack, now's the time. Um, you know, the corporate environment and the flexibility of those roles that I had been in, it just didn't didn't correlate with, with being a mum. So, yeah. um, and it's been a really great decision. So, um, yeah, tough, but it's, it's been a good decision in terms of stepping away from that corporate um, environment and personally and professionally really embracing um, being a business owner. I love that. And I'm sure there are so many nodding heads right now as our listeners are, are tuning into this. You know, I can wholeheartedly relate because, you know, as you know, you know, my background was financial services kind of, you know, before I started my own business over a decade ago. So that when you were talking about it feeling dry and not exciting, it wasn't for me anymore either. Um, not that it isn't for some people, obviously billions of people probably, but for us, you know, it wasn't where we wanted to spend the rest of our career. So I can completely relate to that. And I'm sure also, regardless, of background, many of our listeners are are nodding their heads because of the challenge with childcare, lack of, um, and you know, not all of our listeners are are parents, but those who are, when you're working in a corporate environment and then you have children, it becomes a bigger juggling act and it becomes trickier. And so many women in business start their business up because of that need to be able to have more flexibility so you know your story I'm sure many of our listeners would be able to relate to the path that you've taken and um and you know as you know my first business outshine consulting is all about creating careers that people love so I love talking to people like you who've taken the ball by the horns and gone you know what this isn't right for me anymore let's go and create something that I really love doing and um you know found that path yourself so I'm really pleased you did because that's what's brought us here today so, um, you know, with Busy Business Women, I'm all about keeping it real and raw. You know, whilst I edit this podcast, there will be lots of bloopers in there. I'm always on the Facebook page talking about things that have gone wrong. So whilst I want this podcast to be uplifting and, you know, I know that you're going to share some kind of top tips with us later on, what I'd really love to do right now is kind of delve into when you reflect back 
what have been some of the toughest points in your career as a business owner? Um, what have been some of the low points and how have you overcome those? Because also often we talk about the things that have gone really well, but for many of us in the trenches, we need to know that we're not alone when things are, are tough, right? So are there some kind of key times where you look back and think, God, that was a pretty tough time or, you know, in hindsight, I wish that had been different. And what did you do to get yourself out of that? Yeah, I think um, I've certainly had a couple of moments where I've second-guessed um, myself and the business. I think lack of confidence is really an ongoing thing for me. I sort of, um, yeah, that sort of crisis of confidence and imposter syndrome or, or whatever you want to call it, um, but it certainly creeps up every now and again and you're like, well, what am I doing? I can't believe, you know, is this – is this working for me? Is this oh, maybe I should just go back to doing a day job? Um, maybe I'm not very good at this after all. Um, yeah, you sort of, and oh, social media, I love it and hate it. But you know, you see competitors and other copywriters, and you go, they have totally got it nailed, haven't they? Oh my god, they totally know what they're doing. Oh, look at who they're working with. Oh, how exciting is that? And I'm sitting here in, in my, you know, at my desk going, oh. I'm not quite as good as that or I'm not, you know, it, it creeps in all the time. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and just, you know, that sort of feeling of I'm not not good enough, um, which is crazy because, you know, you heard that introduction say, I'm amazing. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is the thing. It is crazy. But I'm really pleased that you were so honest in saying that because I am in that space too very regularly and I, you know, I work hard to get out of it. I cut down on social media or the places that I hang out to try and limit how I, you know, fuel or dampen that crisis of confidence, that imposter syndrome. Is there anything that you do that works well for you to kind of curb that? Um, I think just being a bit more gentle on myself. That, mm. you know, that, I, that if I look back, you know, three or four years ago where my business was at when I was coming back from maternity leave and um, where it is today, I've, it's, it's been such a massive um, change of events and things are going, you know, thriving rather than just pottering along and, you know, um, it's – yeah, sorry, I'm fumbling. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, you, you, even like a year ago, looking back a year ago at the clients that I was working with or two years ago and now looking at where I'm at now and what the plan is for 2018, um, it's just incredible how things have um, excelled and the people that I'm working with and the people that I'm meeting and a real diversity of um, income and interest and clients and things are going, you know, really well um so i think you've got to be kind on yourself not look at what everybody else is doing and just run your own body race um (laughs) because it's too too tiring too taxing and at the end of the day you can really only change what you're doing so if it's you know if something's not working for you you change it um but you know there's, there's certainly no point sitting and wallowing in you know, that sort of lack of confidence you need to as a, a few a few of my business buddies say, you know, you pull up your big girl pants and you just crack on and mm. you know, it's, there's no point sort of um, looking at other people and sort of judging yourself or using other people as a benchmark. If you look at your own successes um, and your own path as a benchmark to go, you know what, like this time last year I had um, 
half as many clients or this year I've got, you know, more clients that are exactly the sort of clients that I want rather than saying yes to everybody, which is one of the big things that I, I used to do is because I wanted to build up my client base again, would say yes to everybody and then was feeling really resentful because they weren't the type of clients that I enjoyed working with and they didn't, you know, um, they, you know, they didn't really, it wasn't a respectful relationship. And, and I said yes because I, you know, either needed the money or I wanted the work or, and yeah, and I think really backing backing myself and going, you know what, this is my skill set, this is what I do, really setting some clear boundaries. Um, yeah, and just, and just backing myself rather than looking at other people for approval or direction. Yeah, I love it. I love that whole, you know, be gentle on yourself, run your own bloody race and pull your big girl pants up. Mm. And also um, the saying no is so liberating. It can be tough to get to that point in business, particularly Mm. in the early stages or through transitional change when cash flow might be tight to actually turn down a client. But it's so detrimental to say yes to everyone as well. And I know, you know, and we've all done it, that I've, I've taken on clients in the past and loathed every second of working with them, um, you know, not delivered anything but a great service, but then my experience of it had not been enjoyable at all. And it's just not worth it because the time and effort and mental capacity that goes into working with clients like that or doing something you don't enjoy, you could create so many more of your A-grade clients if you invested that time more wisely. But it's a tricky trap and it's one that many people fall into because if you don't have the money coming in that you want, or you, like you say, you're trying to build your client base up, the instinctive reaction is to say yes. And um, it can be, you know, it's a change of habit to get out of that space. But I'm sure you'd agree it's very liberating and freeing when you actually get into that headspace and realise that saying no can actually be a really good thing for your business. Yeah, absolutely. So on that note then, because I, I think, you know, say not saying no to certain clients has been one of the mistakes that I've made in my business. There are some other biggies that, I, you know, I've shared previously, but I'd love to know from you, what's one of the biggest mistakes you've made during the last kind of 15 years of being your own boss? Yeah, I think um, I'm not going with my gut is one of the biggest mistakes I've made. So that sort of links back into that, yeah, that previous comment about saying yes to people all the time. I have met clients or spoken to them on the phone and had a chat and gone, you know what, I'm just not 100% sure about this one. I just, you know, it's the whole vibe. I'm also getting the vibe. Yeah. But I said yes anyway. And I was also being too broad in my offerings. So if someone said to me, oh, do you do – can you do web updates? Can you do WordPress updates? I go, oh, yeah, I can do that. Uh, do you project manage stuff? Oh, yep, yeah, I can project manage that. Um, oh, I need a printer. Do you know a printer? Can you help me get this printed? I don't know what paper stock. I don't know what this. I don't know what that. And I go, oh, yeah, I can do that. I know about that. I can I can help you with that. Yeah. In addition to writing a copy. So I was being a total people pleaser. And I and I learned just because you can doesn't mean you should. So just because I knew the lingo of printers and knew about paper stock and GSMs and, you know, bleeds and all that sort of stuff with printers and that I knew my way around a, um, 
as CMS doesn't mean I should take that on as work. Yeah. Um, and once I made that decision just to focus on copywriting and just to say this is my, this is my niche and then, I mean, as, a, and as, as an aside, you can even be more niche than just being a copywriter. Yeah. But um, as soon as I made that conscious decision to focus on the writing element of the business, I attracted more more of my types of clients that valued what I brought to the table. So my experience, my my expertise, and they were happy to pay for that. And I think initially there was, you know, a conversation around, oh, what does a what does a copywriter do? And I spent a lot of time explaining what did I do and why you would need that service. And when I made that that decision in my mind, okay, I'm just focusing on the writing element. The people that I spoke to, I think maybe either I had more confidence in that sales pitch or I just attracted the people that go, you know what, that's a skill set that I need and value. I'd really like to work with you. And then things just went off in a different direction. Um, I enjoyed the work a lot more and just felt so much more confident going, I can do that sort of stuff. Um, which is outside of the writing scope, um, but I've also got some great contacts that can do that for you as well. So felt more more happy to rather than hold on to all the work myself to then hand it off to other people and build those relationships as well. Absolutely, gosh, you know that's exactly the the biggest. Um, mistake I've made in business and that's why in terms of nailing your niche and that's why I rant on about it to my clients we have a whole module in the busy business builder all about nailing your niche because it's a mistake that so many people make um, but it can feel counterintuitive particularly in the early days of business to narrow down who you're targeting because you want to open the gates up and have as many clients as you can so that then going back to your last answer means that you can find yourself in the trap of saying yes to people you don't want to work with and I've done exactly the same. You know, people will ask me, can you set up this um, you know, mailing list for me or can you set up this newsletter in MailChimp or um, wherever for me? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And there's a whole host of things that I can do because I do them in my own business, but that doesn't mean that I want to be doing them or should be charging for them. And when you really focus in on what you're great at and your guru space, that's when your business booms, right? Versus what so many people think they want to spread the net wide to bring in more money and they actually get significantly less. I talk about it being like jack of all trades, master of none. You know, you're an absolute master of your guru space of copywriting. I'm a master in my guru space of building businesses, helping women build businesses. But there's so many other things that you and I can do. If we start putting those into the mix, then we dilute our offering and and not so many people want to work with us. So um, that's exactly the same mistake as me. Thanks for sharing that because that just goes to reinforce all of my ranting to my clients about please now your niche before you do anything more really really grateful for you reinforcing that Kate thank you (laughs) okay so um I wanted to touch today on the fact that you know we're both service-based businesses so you're a service-based business just like coaching just like me and I think and I don't know tell me if I'm wrong here these are my own perceptions over the last decade but you know we work with different people I think that many people can perceive what we do as a service-based business as a kind of luxury or a nice to have that's an add-on to other stuff they do in their businesses rather than something that is actually critical for business success. Um, And you and I both know that having a business coach, having a great copywriter 
is actually one of the keys in our business to success. It can really amplify the results that we get. So what mistakes do you see business owners make from a copywriting perspective that's costing them money? Yeah, there's definitely a few obvious ones and not necessarily things that are that complicated. And so I think you might guess what my biggest bugbear is saying, <laughs> but it's not spell checking. And typos, typos are my biggest bugbear because it's so quick and easy to check things. So there's so many apps and well, obviously spell check, um, but Grammarly, those sorts of things, um, that can help you pick up those little things, those little errors in text. And the, the, why it is such a big issue is because, in short, it makes your business look unprofessional and a bit amateurish. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that is so quick to, to do at the end of the process of, of writing that is the difference between making your business look like one that I would want to work with or buy, buy a product from or engage your services and not. So, and I know that's the case for a lot of people. So it makes me think that if you, could, can I use the word lazy? I'll use the word lazy. Yeah. <laughs> because if, it's, if you haven't done that sort of stuff and you haven't taken the time to even still check the information that you're putting out there. And as you said, I see typos everywhere on TV commercials, on newspaper articles, you know, on social media, everywhere. And if you haven't taken the time to even spell check what you're putting out there, it makes me think that you and your business might be the same. So whether that's true or not is irrelevant to a degree because you've already, I've already put up my wall going, you know what? They're a bit amateurish. I don't think I'd want to do business with them. And, you, you know, if that's within a five-second, you know, me looking at, at your poster or your social media or your TV commercial, in five seconds I've just decided that I don't want to do business with you. Yeah. All because you've got some typos. And that is one of the quickest things that you can check, um, either using spell check or getting a second pair of eyes to proof your work before you hit post or, or um, sign up on you know, a flyer or um, a poster or something. It is just so easy to get right. Um, so when people get it wrong, it really irks me, to say the least. Um, because at the end of the day, I want businesses to have success. I don't want them to look amateurish. I don't want people to go, I don't want to do business with you. That's awful. Yeah. For this reason, if this is if this is the reason people aren't wanting to work with you or do business, that is really terrible. <laughs> I don't want that to, to happen for anyone's business. Um, so that would be the, the biggest thing in terms of costing money, costing them money. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know, once we get past that, <laughs> once we get past, um, I think. People often do themselves an injustice, not really understanding their market, not understanding who they're talking to, um, not using the platform correctly. So, for instance, um, you know, if you're on social media, it's really short and sharp copy, short sentences. People want snippets of information and they might waffle on, they might waffle on and on, and you're like, what's your point? What do you want me to do with that? What's the call to action? Mm. Um, 
And, yeah, people get potential clients lost before you, you know, before you even tell them what you're all about. So I think um, there's definitely some lessons there in, you know, or, or even just quick tips that you can change, things that you can easily change in, in your writing um, to get better conversions. Completely agree. I remember um, when I started Outshine, so again, like nearly 11 years ago, and the corporate that I'd come from, one of the guys in there that was responsible for the website for um, globally, um, I was good friends with. And when I started sending out my newsletter for Outshine, um, he used to reply to them and he was very sarcastic and very, uh, very good humor and wit. But one of the things that really stuck with me was, you know, he would say constantly, Faye, write everything you want to write out. And this would be on a, this is, you know, it's going back a decade now, so it'd be blog posts and typical, very traditional email marketing, uh, email newsletters. And he would say, write everything that you want to say down, Faye, and then cut out two-thirds of it. So just mm-hmm. going back to your point of waffle, I don't generally think I waffle in my copy, but if we go back a decade ago, I obviously was. And um, copywriting and writing it was something I had never done up until that point in my career. And suddenly I was a business owner having to thrown in the deep end. I was a coach, but I was now having to write all of this copy for different forms of marketing to get clients. And I think the challenge comes for both of us in business is that so many people go into business being an expert in the area that they're great at. So it's the making the thing that they make or the doing the thing that they do, but they're not a copywriter or they don't know how to build a business. And so they fumble and stumble with these areas that actually like a great logo, for example, I was having a conversation with somebody in a Facebook group today about a new logo for her rebranding. Um, her business could be amazing, but the logo that she was looking at using was dreadful. And I, I voiced that, so I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say to her face. And it's the same with copywriting, right? You know, you can be an amazing whatever you are, but if you've got a website full of typos, it doesn't portray your brand and the image that you want then that copy is going to reflect negatively on you. But unfortunately, so many people scrimp and save. My perception is they scrimp and save on your service, Kate, because they think that it's a luxury. And I know over the last decade of helping business owners, one of the things that comes up time and time again is, Faye, can you check this copy? Faye, can you check this copy? And I cast my eyes over it, but I'm the first to put my hands up and say, I'm not a copywriter. And whilst I do write a lot of copy for my business, I will go out and get my website pages written by someone professionally. I've got my media kit written by somebody professionally. Those are things that are important that I am not skilled as, you know, unlike you to actually do. So from a business owner's point of view, how have you managed that perception that, you know, copywriting is kind of a nice to have for small business owners rather than a necessity? Do you come up against that? It's interesting that you say that because I think the more it's sort of people I speak to fall into two camps. They, there's the first group where what I would call that everyone's a writer category. Everyone thinks they're a writer. <laughs> um, yep. Yes, everyone can write. That's great, but it's whether to you know to what level of professionalism. So yes, you can absolutely do it yourself. And people say, oh, you know. Oh, you're a copywriter. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I, I write all my own stuff. You know, and they sort of get can't get past that mental hurdle of paying someone else to do it, um, 
or outsourcing that. They sort of like, oh, well, I, I, I know my business best. I'll write about my business and, you know, they sort of hold on hold on to that. Um, I think a lot of people, the other conversation I have with people is that they really struggle to write, that they've got all the ideas in their head but they just can't put pen to paper, they just can't get the ideas out um, or they do and it just doesn't sound like they want it to sound. Yeah. I think in terms of... You know, I don't feel like I have to convince people that copywriting is a good idea. The people that are open to it go, oh, my goodness, I totally need your help. Um, and that's – they're the people I love to work with because they they want to give it a crack themselves, but they understand that um, adding that layer of professionalism can really enhance their business and take it from amateurish to schmick. Um, and, yeah, and those, and those sorts of people understand – why one why you why you need to be professional in your copy um to to have a great you know so your business is perceived and like you want it to not like we were saying earlier that it could be a bit amateurish and unprofessional um but they also understand the value of their own time that um it's like i guess business coaching or having an accountant or a bookkeeper there's things that you can do to a certain level um, and if you want it done well, sometimes it's better to outsource it um, and then to really nail it. So what I bring to, to a business owner is a bit of outside perspective to go, okay, here's what you want to talk about. Here are all the different ways we could talk about it, um, come up with a few different angles and put that into practice. I'm spending time out, you know, they're, they're doing the day-to-day and focusing on the core business skills that they have and they're outsourcing their non-core skills to someone like me. Um, it's no different, I think, to outsourcing to a bookkeeper or outsourcing your social media management, those sorts of things. So um, I think it comes back to if you're writing for your business, great, do you love it? great um but are you doing it quickly is it a good use of your time is it um fulfilling you know your campaign needs um there's a whole bunch of other factors that sort of come into it other than you know are you you know rather than just getting over that hurdle of paying for the service um i think yeah it sort of comes back to how are you spending time in your business and what do you value Music to my ears because you know I'm obsessed with productivity and time management and I couldn't agree more. You know, being able to outsource the things that are not your guru space is the really smart way to go so that you can focus on those mission critical tasks that are actually going to make you money, revenue generating in your business and get mm-hmm. the other experts to do the other stuff. And, you know, for many businesses, particularly when they're looking to grow or scale, that can be tricky because they might feel like they don't have the cash to pay for outsourcing, but you get to this sticky point where unless you take that leap of faith in yourself and it comes back to confidence, have the confidence in yourself and in what you do really, really well, you're going to hamper your results and be stuck in this kind of hamster wheel of trying to do it all and when you can get out of that escape from that point and recognize where outsourcing can play phenomenal part in your business that's when you really can grow and scale your business which is exciting and just to add to that it's a great point that you brought up I was listening to an Amy Porterfield um, podcast yesterday and 
Um, for those of you that might not be familiar with Amy Porterfield, go and check out her podcast. She's That's my go-to podcast. I wish she did daily podcasts. I love it. It's all about online marketing, but she's got the most soothing voice and uh, gives the most valuable content. So go check that out. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, but she talked about the fact that she has a copyright that she outsources almost all of her work to, which I was actually really surprised by because she's not just talking about her website you know, and, and those typical um, pieces of marketing that you would expect someone of her caliber to outsource to. But I actually made the assumption that she wrote her own emails. And I think up until a point she did, but she talked about the fact that she now outsources that to um, a copywriter called Tarzan. And I remember that because it's a lady called Tarzan, as she says, which, you know, that kind of sticks in your mind. But I really wanted to bring that up because if someone like Amy Porterfield, who is phenomenal at writing content and copy, outsources her copywriting, that should speak volumes to all of us that it's um, the way to go if it is not your guru space. So... Talking about using time really, really wisely, let's talk about juggling for a moment, Kate, because you are definitely an awesome juggler. We were talking about that a little bit before we got onto the podcast today. So as a business owner with two very young children, and you you know, I know that you've got a bucket load of competing priorities. You've definitely experienced firsthand how important it is to manage your time wisely, right? So what would you say are the top three tactics that you put into place to help you get the really important stuff in your business stuff sorry stuff in your business done and actually make money in your business rather than just being run off your feet and busy which you know it's so easy for people to end up feeling in that space where they get to the end of the day they've done loads but actually none of it was particularly productive and it certainly didn't generate revenue are there maybe two or three top things that you do that make sure you kind of fit the important stuff into your day yeah, absolutely. Um, we've already said the big word, outsource. Yes. Outsource. Um, so the big things for me in terms of outsourcing, um, and again, sort of where I was at a few years ago to where I am at now is quite different. So I have adopted Zero as my accounting software of choice, mm-hmm. um, but that has been really critical in terms of identifying where the money comes from. So not only is it just streamlining that admin process of invoicing and following up on late payers and all that sort of stuff, um, working with my bookkeeper, I can go in and have a look and go, okay, well, if I'm doing copywriting versus editing versus project management, okay, where is the, where is the bulk of the money coming from? Where should I be spending my time? So that's quite a good big picture um, you know, indicator for me to sort of go, okay, this is where the wings are coming from. I really need to be focusing more on that and less time on these sorts of jobs. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I love is Toggle, time management tool. Um, so that's great for tracking my time when I'm um, writing, but also when I'm doing other work. So um, for my business, the so things like, writing social media content or updating my own website, you know, it gets a little bit, can get a little bit loose in terms of how long I spend doing it and just, you know, tweaking this and tweaking that. And um, so, yeah, if I'm honest about where I'm spending my time and where, you know, and knowing where I should be spending my time focuses my energies a bit more wisely. 
Um, I like the sound of that. So can you just, did you say toggle? Toggle, T-O-G-G-L. T-O-G-G-L. We'll link to that in the show notes. Thank you. I've got extremely excited there because I love time management tools, so thank you for that. Um, The other thing I do is, with my clients, is really set the expectations from the outset of a project and also create some pretty um, strong milestone dates. So because I'm not working full-time, because I've got two toddlers, um, I set milestone dates at the beginning of a project and work that around my own schedule. I don't need to be explicit about what I've got on during the week with clients. I don't go into too much detail, but when I set the dates, I factor in what I've got on. So if I know that I'm working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, and I'm doing review of, you know, rewrites of copy or reviews of, of copy, then I factored all that into the dates and set expectations in the outset with clients that these are, these are the dates that we're working to. Are you comfortable with these dates as well? So there's an expectation that they'll be replying and reviewing content within a set period of time as well. So make sure that our use of time is really efficient and that projects don't drag on a lot, a lot longer than they need to, then I can commit myself to other work. So I know that, you know, a project's going to finish mid-jan, then I know I can schedule the next project for the following week when I've got capacity. Um, that's also just really good for my own I, – I love structure. So – and because I've only got set, set days and set times to do um, work, particularly writing work, I, I that, that sort of work – I need to have quiet time to do it um, as opposed to, you know, doing social media posts that I can do on the fly um, when kids are napping and all that sort of stuff. Um, that sets a structure for my week. So I know that if I, if I need to do a review of content that I've got a particular day and a couple of hours blocked out to do that, to do that work. Um, the other thing that... My other tactic is saying no, saying no to work yeah. um, and having people on standby that I like to collaborate with and share the work with them. So not just, you know, graphic designers or printers or those sorts of people, but other copywriters um, and share the love that way. And I've been fortunate enough to, to link in with quite a few other copywriters. They're a wonderful community of friendly like-minded people um, and if I don't have capacity then I refer them onwards and you know we've got some really great um, networks um, you know other than just busy business women um, there's heaps of Facebook groups networking groups and that's how I've met other copywriters um, and once you build up a bit of a relationship with people and feeling confident to refer onwards so when I don't have the time or, you know, say I'm going on holidays, um, I've, I've got a plan of attack without, you know, so I don't have to say no to a client. Um, it's, you know, no from me because I'm not taking on new clients at the moment or I'm at capacity or I'll be away, but I do have a couple of other people that I um, am happy to refer you to and I'm confident in their skills um, and share the love. Yeah. I love that, the sharing the love. We ran a podcast, I think it was episode eight, I'll link to it in the show notes, with Stephanie Meads and Elise Comerford, who are nutritionists. Um, and the the theme of that podcast was about collaboration with you know, what you perceive as your competitors. So it's actually really good to hear you talking about um, 
having a way to be able to say no but also still help that client and actually having a community of people that are still doing the same thing as you and instead of having that kind of closed mind, you know, hands off my work, competitive uh, viewpoint, instead you're able to collaborate together because it absolutely does build stronger businesses. So that's uh, music to my ears to hear that, you know, you're doing that and uh, really leveraging that well. Um, I love to hearing that you're talking about zero as well because um, my bookkeeper, Penny, will uh, love your comments. Um, she's I've been on zero for a year now but really haven't used it to its capacity at all and have just got her to set up so that I can see exactly what you're doing as in not what you're doing, not your finances, but <laughs> what I'm doing and what's bringing in the money. Um, yeah. I have ha- always had that in an Excel spreadsheet but, you know, trying to get with the times, having it in zero is way easier. So it's good that you've used that as a time management tactic and not just keeping track of money, the financial point of view, because I think a lot of people just use it as, you know, let's just give, this is the stuff that I need to give my bookkeeper rather than actually thinking about it from a time management and productivity point of view. So that's awesome. And setting expectations, God, it just makes such a difference when you do that with your clients and the fact that you're, um, you know, you have that structure and you're setting those milestone dates. It certainly sounds like that gives you a feeling of calm and, you know, feeling collected in your business rather than a scattered, chaotic approach, which let's face it could be really easy to have when you're working part-time, juggling two toddlers and have a whole load of other stuff going on. So you're sounding very calm and in control, Kate. Is that how you feel? Well, not always. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the honesty. (laughs) But I definitely feel like it keeps me accountable. So not only is it um, to sort of set that expectation and go, well, these are the dates, but I've got it in my calendar to go, right, this is when I need to, you know, knuckle down and get stuff done because I've said I'm going to deliver it on this date. Um, and, yeah, I, I have that I have that sort of personality where I feel guilty quite a lot about lots of things. And if I don't get it out on a particular day, I'll be, yeah, I feel really guilty about it. So um, that tends to work in my favour. Um, and one other thing about zero, which again um, has changed, re- you know, revolutionised is a big word, but um, yeah, it has. It's revolutionised the way I deal with clients. Is um, the invoice reminders and having to chase up late payers. I am again one of those people. I hate confrontation. I hate it, and I find. You know, following up on invoices and going, oh, you haven't paid or you haven't paid on time, so awkward. And, you know, I've stressed about it for ages about having to follow up. Love that they've got automatic reminders. You can tell if someone's read the email or not. That's just my tip for young players. It avoids tricky conversations. Yeah, it avoids that ick factor, doesn't it, that you just don't have to go and do the chasing. So, And, hey, one of my first ever jobs was in credit control. God only knows how that happened, but I bloody well hated it. So I'm with you on that one. I do not want to chase money. Okay, now we're going to start wrapping up in a moment. There's a couple of quick little things I wanted to ask you because I'm just a nosy kind of person and I wanted to know, have you got a favourite mantra or quote or saying that, you know, really keeps you motivated and and has has contributed to your success or helps with your mindset in business? Yeah, this is one that a friend shared with me. um, Well, she's become a friend when I first started putting myself out there and networking and all this sort of stuff. And um, it's that there's enough work for everyone. 
So I used to think, you know, again, it was sort of that earlier conversation about saying yes to everything and, you know, I guess that was a bit me trying to be a bit controlling of, you know, wanting to take every opportunity and, um, you know, wanting to have be involved in lots of things, be really busy and successful and all that sort of stuff. Um, And I, you know, would be envious of other people going, oh, look what they're doing and that looks really cool and, you know, they're more successful than me and all that. Um, all that silly talk um, but there is enough work for everyone there is there's absolutely enough and there's enough work around that I'm, I have the luxury now of working with clients I really enjoy um, and yeah sure that you know the pangs of envy sneak in sometimes we go oh I wish I was doing that I wish I was you know working with that client or something, you know, that looks terribly sexy and interesting on Instagram. Um, But at the end of the day, yeah, I think that competitive jealousy, all that sort of stuff is really not needed because there's enough work around for everybody to do stuff that's enjoyable and, and, you know, bring income in, which is what we're here for. So true. It can, you know... Can it be easy to end up in that scarcity mindset? But I completely agree. One of my coaches, when I was training to be a coach, said to me, Faye, there are trillions of dollars circling above your head right now. You know, obviously metaphorically, but it's true. And it's the same as what you're talking about. So we've got to get ourselves out of that scarcity mindset and realize there's plenty of opportunity out there for us if we want to go out and find it. And that's often the difference. It's not just going to come when you sit there. You've got to go out and find it, but it's there for you. And it's there for the taking if you want it enough so thank you for that okay so lastly before I let you go what's one quirky or odd thing about you that you do in business that you think nobody knows about yet and they're about to know about well (laughs) I would would say that I take typos wherever I go but (laughs) people know that don't they um yeah my husband really finds it annoying he really really does um I think that's probably the quirkiest thing. I've also had people start, people that I don't know start sending me their own typos when they find them. <laughs> really? <laughs> I had a lady who is in WA and she was at her local Nando's and there was a typo on the serviette. I didn't know her, but she sent it to me. So, um, and I'm also finding other, you know, it's like we call ourselves the typo police. Yeah. Um, there's people around the world that have this similar pastime as I do. So it's like a I've club or tribe. It's, it's quite hilarious. There's <laughs> So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't do that just as a business thing. I actually do that all the time, all the time. And once you see something, you can't unsee it. So I, it's just, you know, one of those six, six cents. <laughs> Well, I've got to say, like, it speaks volumes for your brand because if I ever see a typo, you are the first person I think of and I think that I will need to start sending them to you as well. Um, So you're clearly doing, you know, you're on point with your brand and positioning of people that you don't know are now sending you typos from napkins. So well yeah. done. And I love it. And I think that there's a whole clan out there. And it's very, you've got, for our listeners, you've got to go and check out 
Kate's Instagram because it's full of all of these typos and there are some very, very funny ones. And going back to your earlier point, I'm always surprised that you pick out some ones for really big brands that I'm really surprised have somehow got past the you know, the, the, the person that ticks to say, yes, this is okay, the approval stage. I'm just amazed at how many typos are out there in the big brand world. So and keep them coming. Yeah, and you come from a corporate land as well. You know how many people, you know, run their eye over these things yeah. before ticket approval. So it is quite incredible. That's the thing, yeah. So I think going back to your point earlier when you said about, you know, maybe it's laziness, and I think also that or busyness, Um, And, you know, I totally get that, hence the name of my business. We get caught up in being so busy, but it's one of those things we kind of need to slow down and check, right, because it has a detrimental impact afterwards when we've gone, yeah, go, done. I can get that off my to-do list and think about something else, but suddenly you've got this whacking great big typo in your email header or worse, still on printed flyers and folders and things like that. So I'm I'm not at all immune to typos either, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm the biggest advocate for getting other people to read things that I've written as well. When you're too close to things, um, you can't see the forest for the trees, so to speak. Exactly. Completely get it. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, you are an absolute pleasure to interview. What I love more than anything is that you really do keep it real and raw. And um, everything that you've talked about today, I think on some level, everybody is going to resonate with everyone. So thank you for not just uh, kind of being a show pony and telling us how great life is, but truly being honest about your work your business, how you've built it up and the trials and tribulations of that because it really does speak volumes in a world where, you know, the buzzword is authentic. People aren't always authentic. So I truly think you are and I appreciate you being exactly that on this podcast today. So thank you very, very much. Um, So all of Kate's details are going to be in the show notes, uh, which is, and you can get all of the show notes by going to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 11. So, or you can just go straight onto the Busy Business Women uh, website and you'll see a section at the top podcast, hit there and you can see all the podcasts that we've run so far. And there are show notes for every single episode. So you will get a lowdown of all of the links and things that Kate's spoken about today, making it super, super easy for you to follow up and uh, go and take her great advice. On top of all of that and all of the time that Kate's given us today, she's very generously offered a 10% discount on any of her workshops to Busy Business Women podcast listeners. So if you want to go and snap up a spot on her writing for small business sorry, writing for small business online workshop, for example, just head over to the show notes. Uh, for the link and enter the code, which will be in the show notes too. It's BBW10. When you check out, you're going to get 10% off. So go to busybusinesswomen.biz forward slash podcast 11. And if you would like some oh my word goodness right now, all you need to do is go to omword.com.au. So oh my word, omword.com.au. Kate's also over on Facebook at oh my word, oh my word, au. OH my word AU on Facebook and the same for Instagram. Go check out those typos on Instagram. They will give you a good smile and something to laugh at. Uh, but without further ado, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time. Um, and please go and check out Kate's website and all of the great work that she does. She's an absolute gun and an awesome busy businesswoman to have on this um, podcast. So I really appreciate your time, Kate. Thank you. Is there anything you wanted to add before I love you and leave you and let you go? 
thank you, Faye. I really appreciate it. It's been lots of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Okay, so if you've enjoyed this episode, I would love you to go and please leave a review on iTunes and let us know how much you love Kate and how much you're loving this podcast. And if you'd like to hang out some more, I'd love to see you over on the Facebook and Instagram pages. I'm at Busy Business Women, and you can find lots of biz goodness over on my website at busybusinesswomen.biz. So thank you so much for tuning in today. I really appreciate you coming along every single time. I'm going to be back next week with heaps more inspiration to help you build a business that booms. But until then, I'm Faye Hollands, and you've been listening to the Busy Business Women podcast. Bye-bye.